All right. So the name of the podcast is Application to Admission. I want it to be HBC versus PWIs, but you know, you think that's a little bit too too aggressive. And I, you know, I don't want to be aggressive. I want to make sure that I I treat your your your, your brother, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. right. You know, I don't come off too too militant. Even though Martin was a real militant man, he has some he has some really positive stances on a lot of things that people you know, have diluted his message through this holiday and all that, but that's a whole nother uh, episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Application to Admission podcast. I'm your co-host, Shereem Herndon-Brown, and I'm super, super grateful that you guys are here today. Please continue to share, subscribe, and whatever else with the S you're supposed to do on social media. But uh, my co-author, co-host, Timothy Fields, and I are so grateful that as we close out 2023 that you guys have been listening to us, sharing our information, helping us uh, support the book, new edition coming out. We'll get into that in a second, but um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy holidays to all. Young man, Tim, how are you feeling today, sir? Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, we're coming to the end of the year. Um, unfortunately, there are going to be some early decision uh, releases. It'll be <sighs> here. Don't bring that up right in the next couple of days. And so it's going to be a lot of good news, but, you know, not good news for everybody. Uh, so preparing for that. Um, but also, you know, th- we've had a good year. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, celebrate the holiday season and, you know, prepare for another a uh, great year, as you were kind of alluding to with the new book and some other things that are happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. For those who don't know, understanding the choices, please go to that website. We are uh, releasing a second edition of our book, The Black Family's Guide to College Admission, um, literally a month from now on January 15th. We're really excited. We've made some great updates uh, about affirmative action and the end of race conscious admission about an, an essay portion of little diving a little bit deeper into how students can approach the college essay um, application application component. You know what I mean, essays. And of course, uh, my man Tim take the lead on a great chapter about mental health. So we really want you guys to not just get a copy, but share it with others and continue to push us so that we can impact as many people as possible. Um, I'm pumped today because again, as we come to the end of the year, I know Tim, you're excited for Atlanta this weekend in the the Celebration Bowl. HBCUs come together, and who's in it? It's Fam, you and uh, Howard this year, right? Yeah, two, two two of the big ones. Two two of the big ones. I mean, you know, all all of them are great, um, but you know, Howard and Fam, you they they bring out a crowd, so it, it it's going to be packed. Um, you know, my wife teases me because she says, you know, everybody who went to an HBCU in Atlanta comes out with their stuff on as if their team is playing in the in the in the in the, in the, in the game. Hey, man, but you got to get that opportunity to share that love, man. It's just, it's just nothing but energy. Uh, you know, Dion, you know, was there the last couple of years, went to see him and the great things that he was doing at Jackson State. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited. My sister went to Howard. Uh, so, you know, I'm a, I don't know if I'm a rep for her, but, you know, what I'm saying I'm going to do a little cheer. Uh, for her, but I'm gonna have uh, my Morehouse stuff down on, and then definitely, uh, you Morehouse know, family. playing. Morehouse won't be playing, just so you know. I, I, it's all good. I will be representing. I will be representing. You guys have a division three uh, uh, football team, or is it what, what is it? We're, we're, we're D2. We D2. are division okay. two. We are division two. Um, but like, wait, wait, wait. Let me keep poking jokes a little bit. No, okay. All right, man. Come on, man. All right, I, I'll leave you alone today because our guest has on a Morehouse. Uh, shirt. I don't want you guys to all of a sudden gang up on me. Tim, please introduce our uh, our guest with today. We're really excited about having him. Yeah, I, I think you know, um, you know, really, 
uh, excited to have this conversation for several reasons. You know, one, as we talk about our book, you know, while we had a second edition coming out, one of the primary things we wanted to do with the book was shed light on historically black colleges and universities. I think often in the larger higher education landscape that people are thinking about this process, um, a lot of historically black colleges are overlooked. And then, you know, there's some, you know, kind of mis misnomers about them and the experience that people can have at them, how they can prepare for them. And so we just want people to keep an open mind about them. And so George Setterman, um, you know, has, you know, really taken a mission of highlighting historically black college universities throughout the country. He's, you know, gone to several. He's going to tell you exactly how many, um, you know, obviously which ones have stood out. Um, but, you know, this isn't the usual person uh, that people, you know, would see as a champion of HBCU. No, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, so, so I think, you know, usually, you know, there's one assumption. Our colleague, uh, Joseph Montgomery, who works at North Carolina A&T, likes to share that not all uh, HBCUs, HBCUs are not just made for black students. And so I think, you know, in that light, I think everybody who should promote an HBCU doesn't need to be black. And George has done an excellent job about not only sharing about HBCUs, but really, you know, kind of giving history, giving insight, uh, you know, talking to alumni and really giving people a different perspective. So, you know, George, we're a big fan of your work. Uh, we're happy you are here. We're excited to get in this conversation about, you know, you know how this, you know, all came to be. So, George, George, let, 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 let's, uh, I, I'm new to your stuff, man. How did you come to loving HBCUs? Like, who are you? Where do you come from? <laughs> I came from Arkansas. I grew up around four, Shorter College, Philander Smith, University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Arkansas Baptist. Now, growing up, they didn't have the label HBCUs back then, but Obviously, I knew I grew up 20 minutes from three of them. I'm a history buff. And I went down the rabbit hole of Black American history and the contributions they've given to the world because it's not something talked about. I'm a storyteller and I love finding things that I did not know. And this is a massive story and culture that I knew almost nothing about, despite it being my next door neighbor. But the common thread in these stories were HBCUs. So often they attended historically Black colleges and universities. So naturally, I've dug into that, and then my world just blew up. It just changed. Interesting. Interesting. Again, yes, I would never assume, you know, white guys from Arkansas, who you'll tell us how you got to Indiana now, you know, would go down a rabbit hole of, of historical information about HBCUs. So was there a turning point in just your overall research about American history that you stumbled upon HBCUs? What, what, what was the big tipping point for you? Prison. <laughs> real talk, real talk. How does um, that happen? I, you know, I'm very transparent about this. Growing up in Arkansas, I grew up as basically a card-carried member of the racist community. Mm. I'm very transparent about it. It was the way I was taught. It was the way I was raised to the point I didn't know I could think any other way. Does that make sense? Like, I didn't know there was options. My morality and my racist ideology and my faith, none of those ever seemed to intersect for a very long time. I can't tell you why. I grew up in a Baptist church, good people, but we never talked about this stuff, right? It wasn't until I think... I've, I've had a lot of experience with a lot of different people and they've all opened my eyes, but it was prison, a conversation over two weeks with a man named Larry. And Larry was a black American man. And he sat down one day, he asked me, so are you pretty racist? I'm kind of like, yeah. He goes, can I ask you some questions? One man to another I said, sure, let's have it. For two weeks, we talked, we talked into the night. We talked during the day, we ate lunch and then he went home. 
And I was left with those conversations in my head and all that time. And God has a funny, funny, strange, beautiful way of pulling back the veil from people's eyes sometimes in a place where I had no outside influence or stimulation, mm. just my thoughts. And I'm surrounded by people, men of color, black, mainly black American males, right? You know, I just, I wasn't willing to pay attention until God put me in a place that forced me to listen. Interesting, interesting. Tim, 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 you, you wrote the bulk of the questions. How do you want to start with George? Because I got some, don't let me get rolling. Right, go, go ahead, go ahead, get in there. All right, so again, so you start learning, you, you and Larry chop it up, you're left with your thoughts, you're a history buff, then you get out of prison, and then what makes you kind of say, I want to visit these HBCUs. I want to promote these HBCUs. Like, you know, you could do could do a lot of things, you know, post post your experience. What made you say, let me do this? After I did a, a story on HBCUs, just the history, it went viral just in a few days. I looked at my girlfriend and I said, do you want to go see some campuses? I'm a big, I, I just big believer of touching, seeing, feeling. That's just the way I am. So we live two and a half hours away from Central Force and Wilberforce. Now, Central State has a famous alumni named Elizabeth Eckford, one of the Little Rock Nine. You know, Central High School. Mm. My dad and uncle attended high school with her. My uncle graduated high school with the nine. So I've known that story all my life and from a unique perspective. So when I saw that Miss Eckford went there, I'm like, I got to go. That's somebody who went to college who walked the same grounds as my dad, who's deceased now. You know what I mean? And I started feeling these connections. Just and how do I say this correctly? Doing this, and I think going to these schools has helped taught me more about my own identity and who I am as a white man than most anything I've ever done. Because mm. I have perception here, but I step out into the world and I gain perspective. So it's teaching me more about me, I think, than anything. Interesting. Well, yeah, Tim, sorry. Yeah, I was, I was like, what, what are some of the things that you, you think it's taught you? Just kind of being in these spaces and having these conversations. Subconscious bias is one of the biggest things that my heart had to change. A lot of things did, but subconscious bias, I find it's rooted so deeply. I'm aware of it. That's the key. But it's deconstructing stereotypes. Like when I go into these schools and I'm sitting with PhDs or multiple PhDs and I'm the guy with 10 felonies, we just could deconstructed a lot of stereotypes by being in the same room, did we not? Correct. Yeah. And so I started looking at this. How does it's to know black America is to love black America. And I was taught to think differently. I don't know if you can tell my passion and my energy, but I have never been received more mercy and grace than I have from any type of group of people than I have the people when I go, that I see these campuses. You know, I grew up in a-hole. I'm aware of that. And to receive that, that's it's just sort of life-changing. I mean, not just the history and the culture and the school, but the community is what I fell in love with. No, I, I, I agree with you that, you know, as a community, as a big non-monolith uh, community of Black people, we are very forgiving and, and very, very accepting and wanting people to understand that collectively that we're all, you know, not a Black race, white race, Indian race, Asian race, like we are all one human race. And I do think that something that Tim and I get across as well as, well as we can is that our book, while it's called The Black Family's Guide to College Admissions, it's really a college admissions book that anybody can glean information from. While, yes, there is a section that is dedicated to what I think a lot of Black Americans, Black parents, Black families think about, um, our universal love. Tim works at Emory University. He lives in Atlanta, major metropolitan area with very strong diversity. I went to predominantly white institution, um, but you know, independent schools all my life and grew up with a lot around, around a lot of white people 
who I still know and love. So to see you at this point of your life, really, um, you know, wanting to be a, a, a vessel for for love and information. Now, salute, my man. I we, we appreciate you for that um, in, in many, many ways. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, just kind of let's uh, talking about, you know, HBCUs, uh, you know, obviously you said you started out, you know, with a couple that were around you. Um, to date, how many HBCUs have you uh, actually stepped on campus of? 21. 21. Okay, you got about 80 to go. Hey, that's hey, that's correct because the Pensole Lewis School of Design has come back on to Detroit, and they are not fully accredited back yet. But we're going there a week before Christmas to visit and cover the school. And, and when you say like that, that you go to cover the school or or like go to Atlanta for the Celebration Bowl, what is what does covering mean for you? Like, are you bringing a camera crew? Like, what what is the reason that you go there to ask questions of whom? Like, what's the engagement interacts when you visit campuses? or, um, you know, HBCU events? My girl, Anna and I, we go with iPhones, basically. No camera crew. I go and just try to capture a story, the energy. Something I've realized on every single campus I've stepped on has a different energy and culture unique into itself. And these events bring these these independent cultures together into a larger one. And it's, it's beautiful. I just love to go and meet people. I hear mm. stories. It gives me context. And I give people who look like me a chance maybe to take a moment and go like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that's going on right here. Mm. So, so as you stepped on these different campuses, you know, you know, each one has their own history, their own st story. What have been some of the most interesting things that you, you have found out? Um, like, I don't mean Tuskegee University, when I saw uh, Pappy James Jet, you know, right there in front of the engineering building because i remember the movie iron eagle iron eagle and lou gossett jr you know i saw that i went to fisk and when ida b wells went there because i knew all about miss wells you know when i started walking the grounds i've met students that give me hope for the world these students are driven they're idealists they're ambitious they have a, a course charted out for them and they're they're all business about it that gives me hope do you know what i mean not not just from a color just from general perspective to be around 19 and 20 year olds who have purpose, you know, it's, and I also will tell you, this will aligns with what you do, literacy levels, lack of funding, lack of information on how to get into college, how to apply for aid. These are all giant obstacles for a lot of families. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand how prolific this is. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I've learned as someone who went to predominantly white institution was that despite all those obstacles, you know, for, for, you know, cent not centuries, but, you know, for, for centuries plus, but, you know, for, you know, many decades, these schools have survived. They've, they've grown, they've de defied the odds, right. In, in many ways that we, that they shouldn't have had to be, or so many of them should be, or are publicly funded. So yes, I'm glad that your uh, uh, eyes have been open to it. Tim and I agree 100% that one of the things that we're trying to do is to make information more accessible get people have conversations around college. I agree with you 100% that the energy that 19 and 20, 21 year olds bring to life makes you hopeful and, and, and excited. College camps are very, you know, uh, energetic places to be. So again, I, it, it's good to know that there are other people who see that besides just a quote unquote traditional educator who goes around, you know, and tells people about college because it's what they're supposed to do. Tim, Tim, I have, I, have, I want to add to that statement two more. Um, I sat with a football coach and an assistant AD at one of the campuses, 
And in the early 80s, they told me they couldn't go to Coleman, Alabama. It wasn't safe for them. This is in my lifetime. They're the same age as me. I talked to another woman, a graduate. She remembers when her band director was lynched. Now, she's a, she's a very senior woman. but And her son-in-law looked at me. She goes, I've never heard her tell that story. Mm. That's she so kind and polite to me, but she had such pain in her eyes when she talked to me. And I could sense it. And it weighed on me. Like, why does a, how does a person have to, why should they have to carry that around? What? Yeah, it's a lot. It, 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 it's a lot, and and you know, yeah, I know. Um, again, your 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 story's prompting a lot of questions for me. Do you encourage you know white people to, to go to HBCUs, or when you see white people on on HBCU campuses, how does that make you feel? I'm always curious. Jens Fredrickson is the number two man at Fisk. He's from the Netherlands or Denmark, actually. He went to Vanderbilt. I think has nine degrees. He came to Fisk because that's home for him. You know, when I saw him, he goes, you surprised to see me? I'm like, yes and no, not really. Nothing, you know. Um, when I talk to white people, a lot of it's about respecting the culture. And more importantly, I want white businesses. I want to bring dollars into these schools, not to take over. No, no, no. To help promote these schools and make even more incredible graduates that they, they can hire. They're investing in their future employees and associates that way. And I just think there needs to be a shift in the way we perceive these things. These schools are fantastic i don't i preach it over and over i sometimes don't know why pwis don't send a delegate to some of these campuses and say how are you pulling this off with like you said little resources infrastructure that's crumbling in some cases how do you get the brightest and best and keep just putting them out into the world i know why they don't ego that's the number one reason but i think some schools would be well served to do that Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, you talk, you go go around and, you know, before we started, you said uh, a couple of weeks ago you were driving a dump truck. And and, and now uh, you are traveling the country promoting HBCUs. Can you can you just give us a little context uh, to that? Because I, I think, you know, it says a lot about as you share some things about you as far as your resilience and able to con- you know, continue to move forward. But, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, well, I guess it was October. I climbed out of a truck. I had been driving a dump truck locally for a year and making t- the entire time I was driving the dump truck. I started making videos the first day. And as I was doing it and just my content started to evolve into what it's become and we start traveling and trust me, I've burned through my entire savings doing this. Um, I don't have financial support yet. I'm trying to figure that out, but in doing this, I just felt so compelled to do it that we just, took the leap. I, I mean, I figured I prayed about it. God will take care of me and I'll just put the work in. And so I knew my path wasn't driving in circles, hauling dirt. <laughs> I just, I'm 52 years old. God showed me my path late in life, but you know, that means I got a lot of experience and wisdom I can bring to that journey. Interesting. Now, again, again, we, Tim and I, we salute anyone who's doing good work. And I think we all uh, try to contribute to the lives of others in different capacities. Who is your primary audience? Who's following you, listening to you? Is it students wanting to know HBCUs? Is it black people? Like, who do you think you're really connecting with online via social media? My demographics are about 60, 40 women to men. Mm. And women, especially women, college graduates, professionals. uh, I have a lot of blue collar men. But it's a little more women. I'm going to say probably 50, 55 percent 
black American, you know, obviously white. I've got Hispanic, you know, I do because I've, I've done videos there and I want to highlight their contributions. But that's pretty much my audience. I deal with, Instagram has a, is very, I see in the profiles, very educated or college based, a lot of HBCU support. TikTok is a much wider range. I've got almost 300,000 followers. So it's just a different, a different world, but I get a lot more people who look like me on TikTok. Mm. So, you know, and I've got a lot of blue collar guys. I've gotten some fascinating people. I would never guess that would follow me, you know, so it's, it's invited dialogue with a lot of different people. What, what, what are some of the most interesting dialogue that you've had online about what you do? And again, I, I want to hear the positive and the not so positive. Well, the best one is don't come back to Arkansas. I'm a race trainer. I'll lose my life. That's my favorite one. Interesting. I was in prison. I got friends all up and down the ladder. That does not scare me at all. Um, I've had those. One of the most, I guess the one that affected me the most was a tribal elder in Kenya messaged me and told me that he shows my videos Saturday mornings on his tablet to children in his village because they don't have electricity. It was shown in black American history. And you're the only person to teach black American history on social media. That's just, he messaged me to tell me that. Okay. All right. We're going to help him out. But yes, I'm glad, I'm glad that you can be one of many, but that that's, you know, that's, that's interesting. Maybe he just stumbled across it, but the fact that he felt compelled to even reach out, Mm. You know, I've been told a philosophy professor confronted one of his, his class with one of my videos and said, why does this white man know more about our history than you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was, that's true. You know, I mean, like, that's I don't not know, on you. That's not on you. Yeah. But I get, I'm like, heck, yeah. and it was, he wasn't being uh, criticized, criticizing me, but a student came up to me and said, can I get a selfie with you? Cause I want to show my professor, you know, like he's, he was using this as a way to show the information's out there to everybody. It's just, it's educating yourself, not waiting to be taught educate yourself i mean i mean there's just so 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 many places we could go but i i I do uh want to be respectful of your time and so uh obviously uh, we've talked about you traveled and you've been to a couple homecomings um so 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 this fall what are a couple of the homecomings that you have attended we're not gonna put these in rank order or anything you can just share you know the ones that you attended over the last couple months you can always ask me what's my favorite. My answer will always be the same. I love them equally. Oh, <laughs> George. Nah, man. That's weak. That's weak. You're doing so well, George. You're doing so well. My mama didn't raise no dummy. And if she was dead, it was my little sister. Trust me. So, no, Tennessee State uh, was our first homecoming. And it was at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. And that was a blast. We didn't tailgate just for time constraints. And we love Tennessee State. People there are fantastic. We've been there several times. Uh, we went and watched them play at Notre Dame. So we had that connection. Then we went to Morehouse's homecoming. And I tailgated. Took me a while to recover. <laughs> hey, 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 Shereen, do you want, do you want to share oh, these stories? You, hey, hey, you, you, you want to share these stories? I mean, Very quickly, Jordan. I went to Morehouse's homecoming last year. And I talked a lot of smack to Tim. Like, what are we doing Saturday night? What's popping? He was like, you're not going to be able to handle after him. I was like, come on, man. We're going to tailgate, have a good time, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> come that day, um, come 7.30 p.m., I was done. <laughs> Eight o'clock tops. I think I was face down on my couch like, wow. So, again, I will admit, Timothy, it was a very good homecoming experience. Sheesh, every time you got to bring that up. Damn. Here's Shereem, here's the thing, though. People warn me, hydrate, prepare yourself. Yeah. Right? Not for granted. <laughs> yeah. And I prepared for more houses, and I was still worn out and cramping. And, like, I was, I drank two big bottles of Gatorade. Nope, didn't do it. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So thank you for giving Tim his flowers. And, and did you go to any others after that? Did what? Did you attend any other HB homecomings after that? No, not yet. That was our last ones that we could catch on our schedule. I've been to a few classics though. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which one did you go? Which ones? Fountain City Classic, uh, the Circle City Classic in Indianapolis because that's near us. But I went to the New York Classic at uh, MetLife Stadium in September Very between cool. Morehouse okay. and Albany State. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, did make it this year. Uh, last year they played Howard uh, in the initial uh, that initial classic, and it, it, it was great. So you know, it's always good. Uh, you know, Shereem and I uh, want to make it to the Magic City Classic. Uh, got a lot of uh, you know friends that went to Alabama State. Um, so we want to make it to that. Uh, eventually, uh, you know, the timing doesn't always work. We want to make it to the Bayou Classic. Um, so, yeah. So and then, you know, I'm actually right now I'm in Texas. Uh, this is where I'm from. And uh, Prairie View and Grambling play a, a big classic for the uh, Texas State Fair here every year. It was always a big game uh, growing up. So, you know, definitely I think, you know, the, the energy is always, you know, great in, in, the, in the bands, the pageantry. Uh, but there's just so much more than that to see kind of the the, the centuries, uh, you know, the, the century over century and a half of, you know, graduates from these institutions, the pride that they have. Um, so it's, it's always good. So that's why I'm definitely excited uh, for this weekend for the celebration uh, bowl in uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I got I, I got a question for you, George. Yes, we're going to be respectful for your time. But now you got my my mind twirling. Go for um, it. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here, and, and I mean no disrespect, but I'm gonna take. I'm assuming you did not go to college, is that correct? Oh no, I went to college. Where'd you go? University of Arkansas in Little Rock. Okay, good. No, I'm, I'm, I'm well educated. I can tell that. Not everybody who goes to college <laughs> that that part is easy. <laughs> Alex didn't go to college either, and he's very well educated. Um, okay, so you went to Arkansas, Arkansas, Little Rock, and you know, at this point in your life having seen these HBCUs are doing your investigation into them, which one would you like to attend? Or would you? Would you okay. think, if you go back 30 years, would you attend an HBCU? And if so, which top two or three would you have applied to? For one, yes. If I went back to take college classes now, I would absolutely go to an HBCU. You know, you're trying to put me into a corner here i am uh, i am that this is what you came here for i think, Come on, know, man I up. think if, if i break it down and this is each one i respect equally but i think if it was the overall college experience it'd be i'd so far in my tennessee state if it was for the family environment of a campus albany state if it was for my my culture the network and all the people that i could maybe reach out into the world morehouse but i haven't been to howard I haven't been to Morgan State, or and Hampton's one of the ones I most want to see because of Booker T. Washington, the Emancipation Oak. But there's so many schools I want to see: Grambling, Southern, so I, FAMU. You know, I don't even want to. So, based on where I've been so far, how about that? That's fair. That that's more than fair. Um, yes, I, there's several that I need to visit as well. So, more, I'm this, sorry, this, Morris Brown. No. I'd actually go to more Morris Brown. I would. Interesting, but well, recent reaccreditation. So on my wall here, on my for those of you on listening to the podcast, I know you can't see it, but I have um, uh, a map of all the historically black colleges in the country. That again, I'm learning geography. Again, I, I thought I knew, but again, it's so it's my job as a lifelong learner, educator, to keep that that information coming in. So ge geographically, I kind of see where I'm going to be in the next X amount of month and try to pinpoint HBCU to visit. So 
thank you for uh, for giving more, me more inspiration to do that. Can I tell you one thing that this uh, this HBCU travel challenge has done for me that I never thought in a million years would happen? Right. September 14th, I stood on stage at the Apollo Theater in Harlem, New York, the eighth anniversary of my leaving prison and spoke about HBC, HBCUs through my blue eyes. Wow. That, that, that was a, were you on a panel or you had a presentation you pr- pr- proposed to them? Cold open. No, they reached out to me to, to come speak. I did a cold opening. The DJ stopped and my big white face walked out and people were like, and then I had to, I had 10 minutes and that was one of the most amazing things. My mouth was dry. My leg was shaking. The audience was cool. got to rub the, the, the log, <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you what this coolest things that this is such a magical night. When I walked off stage, I felt these woman's hands on my shoulders. And she said, you did a great job. It was Jasmine guy. Very cool. Very cool. I got to part, you know, that it just, it was a, you couldn't pay money to have a nighter experience like that. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. I've learned a lot today, Tim. I don't know about <laughs> you. I'm, I'm make all of the day. Uh, no, I got a couple more questions just because, so, you know, you talked about kind of the demographics to follow you, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we similar demographics, you know, probably, uh, you know, more women um, because a lot of our book, you know, mothers take on that role as far as, you know, kind of leading in many instances, leading uh, their children through this process. Also college counselors, um, you know, educators, the majority of, of women. Um, and, and, you know, we have a very universe audience. And so one of the things we have been trying to do is just highlight, just keeping an open mind about historically black college universities. Ultimately, you, we want you to go where is best for you as far as what is it, financial aid, proximity to home, majors, what opportunities outside the classrooms, whatever institution is best for you or your family, that's where we want you to attend. But for those who are listening who are non-Black and, you know, have students who, you know, maybe, you know, aren't, aren't Black, you know, what would you tell them to say, you know what, you really should consider is historically Black college or university, why? For one, that usually has a lower cost ratio, a better faculty to student ratio on average. Their STEM programs are incredible at some of these schools. And aside from all that, this, just from the diversity and how it enriches your life, to be around people different than you. Just that is, that's, I think, important for anybody. But aside from all that, they foster a community and a culture that sticks together. These schools look out for their own alum, from what I've seen, and then the whole culture looks out for their alum. So from a practical sense, you get a great education. Usually it's more affordable and you have a network. You know, you do rubbish, you're a good student, you go out and you don't have that. A lot of these PWIs just turn you out unless you belong to some prestigious organization within it. Attending the HBCU is the prestigious organization you belong to. You know what I mean? And that, that so from that standpoint alone, but the education, yeah, easily, it's, there's no difference in PWI. One, one is not lesser than the other. It's dumb to think so. And, it, it, you, and you, you hold on to that, you know, and I'm going to go out there and be the PWI guy today. What about just the resources? Again, you went to University of Arkansas at, at Little Rock, but then you go to main campus of uh, 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 University of Arkansas, I mean, those resources are different. I mean, and again, from but now, now think about you know um, uh, uh, an HBCU in Arkansas. Why are those resources so disparate from these different from these different campuses, HBCU or PWI? Then how does that make you feel? Oh, it pissed me off. Hmm. I mean, let me straight up tell you, Harvard has a fifty billion dollar endowment. The entire, I'm sorry, five was it fifty billion? Yeah. The entire HBCU community has $5 billion endowment. 
no shade to Harvard, but they're not worth a thousand HBCUs to me. And dollar to dollar, that's what it says. You know, and I know how the but I, I know how the game works. I went to Fisk University. It's a private liberal arts college in Nashville, Tennessee. And Dr. Brian Kent Wallace, Dean of Grad Studies and Physics Professor, took me to his lab. My high school chemistry lab in the 80s was on par with his physics lab today. Mm, interesting. interesting. In 2023. Yeah, no, no, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. The resources are not allocated necessarily fairly. And and, and that is a, a, a major, major, major concern. Okay. I'll say it. It was stolen. There's been billions of dollars stolen, not just misappropriated. It was outright taken. It was earmarked for these schools and it wasn't given. And our federal government hasn't said it last year. You, you sound like, again, we're going to chop it up about football in the South in a second. That's my last question. You sound like, you know, there's a gentleman who used to play in the NFL who was taking money out of Mississippi welfare, who got millions of dollars, big time former MVP person that I'm not going to get sued for, for defamation. So all, all, all that said, um, I think that is that is a critical piece that that you said that you know it was stolen. Um, all right, now I'm assuming again, big assumption here that you um, like football and football in the South is king. Would that be accurate? It is. It is. When you go to HBCU homecoming football game, the energy of that versus a you know University of Arkansas SEC game. You know, I always say that football galvanizes people, brings people together. How have you seen that dynamic, or is it pretty much the same? And football makes everybody universal. Oh no, I think it's the environment around it. There's a difference. Uh, don't get me wrong; SEC West games are fantastic, but it's all about the football, right? And every uh, the rest of it's just kind of pomp and circumstance. With HBCUs, nobody leaves at halftime. Gotcha. Like those concession stands are, when I went to Notre Dame, Tennessee State, Notre Dame fans stayed in their seats. Tennessee State closed the halftime show. First time Notre Dame ever let somebody close their show. Those fans stayed glued. They got a standing ovation because they realized they just saw a Grammy Award winning marching band. Does that make sense? Like that was a different energy even for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. No, so, absolutely. You know, the dancers, the flag line, it's just, just everything's almost equal on that field together. No, I hear you. I hear you again. I, I have been to both. And again, yes, I think you said that best. You know, at halftime, people can make their bathroom runs or go get something to eat at a PWI home halftime. But you go to an HBCU, you know, people go before end of the second quarter, use the bathroom, get some food so they go watch the halftime show. So, no, I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Again, George, this has been dynamic. Again, Tim, Tim put me on to you and we appreciate you. We look forward to continuing to, to, to kind of grow with you. Again, we are big fans of anyone who's sharing positive information. Um, so I think that this has been really good. Tim, you have any more questions for our gentleman guest today? Yeah, just, uh, you know, one of the questions we like to ask a lot of guests is, you know, are there any schools, and this can be a predominantly white institution, historically black college university, that, you know, you feel are overlooked? And that, you know, maybe should, you know, people should give a little bit more consideration and, and a light should be shined on them. So if, if there are any schools that you want to just kind of highlight for any number of reasons, it could be your alma mater or one that you visited uh, that you just want to give a shout out. That so people will give some consideration. Um, I'm going to tell you Morris Brown, because like I said, Dr. Kevin James just got their accreditation back. They're also bringing in Hilton Hotel to build on the property because their hospitality services programs, only HBC Georgia to do it. That is a fantastic thing Dr. James is doing. That is a great school to consider because that can 
launch a career in the hospitality services. Second is Simmons College of Kentucky. That is a small but fierce school. And we've met admin, staff, love that campus. Those are, and they're looking to grow their band. They're actively looking to give scholarships out. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And so, um, you know, we, you know, definitely, you know, thank you for your time. And we want you to, you know, if you need a couple of minutes to highlight your platform and, you know, currently, you know, you say you are, you know, pretty much, you know, funding this yourself. Is there a way that people can help you in, in your mission uh, as far as, you know, your travels? Uh, I don't know if it's a, a website, a GoFundMe or, or something like that, that people can, you know, help and assist. I, I appreciate it, but I have never taken so far, and I'm trying not to take anything from the community. I'm trying to work with brands that would want to go and help further this. Because, like I said, one of the things we're trying to do is create virtual tours of these campuses. So they go on to, people can tour the campuses when they can't afford to go. So at least there's a library where parents can see things. So I'm trying to work with some major brands in helping to do this or some nonprofits. So that's where I need the most help in. Um, I don't want to take out of the community itself if I can all help it. I don't think that that serves my purpose to do it. I understand. I understand. So, so, so is there any, any particular branch you want to just shout out? I mean, you know, we. we oh, well, Wells Fargo, of course. We'll, we'll go run up on them. We'll go run up. Yo, Wells, man. Where's that? Yo, run that, man. George doing good things, doing good things, helping Ben out. Actually, actually, I know some people at Wells Fargo and they're helping the Celebration Bowl. And I'm going to, I believe, do their uh, watch party virtual tour this Saturday for them. So that's why I give a shout to Dewey and Wells Fargo. Um, Procter & Gamble. I mean, there's some brands that I've spoke to. Sweetwater Music. Okay, I just, I predict Sweetwater Music will come in a big way because they're, they're the world's largest online music retailer. And their marching band division just started two years ago. And they could do a lot for a community. And I'm not talking about sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, definitely if, you know, you you know somebody who, you know, has a, a sponsor or, or a company that wants to help George out, um, you know, his uh, handle is right here. We'll make sure it's included um, in uh, kind of the write up as far as the description for this podcast. But, you know, we definitely thank you for the time. Thank you for the work you do. And, and we applaud your journey. I, I, I think, you know, one of the things uh, that we highlighted, we have to redefine success. And, you know, there are a lot of you know people who say success can only happen if somebody takes this path. And obviously uh, your path has taken you in a couple of different directions, uh, but you are doing great work. And we want to salute and applaud you uh, for Thank all you. that you're doing. Thank you. Uh, now, this has been good, George. We want you to have an awesome, awesome holiday season. Keep doing the good work. We look forward to connecting with you in, tw in uh, 2024. All right, y'all guys have a great holiday. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Shereen. Yo. Thanks for making the call, sir. I do what um, I do. I appreciate and, you and, for putting us all together. And and so usually say we say if you don't have the book. And we're in this kind of this awkward period where the new book's coming out in January. So people are like, I don't want to buy the old book. So what, what are we telling people to do right now, Shereen? I don't know. Buy the new book. Uh, it's two weeks later. <laughs> no. Uh, please, no. Hit us up online. Uh, at info at, at understanding the choices, uh, follow us on, on our socials, individual or understand the choices. And again, yes, if you reach out to us, we will send you a free operative word free. We may charge you shipping and handling, but version of the original. Um, and we hope that you will uh, take that with love, accept that with love that we are, again, the updates that we made are, are awesome. And we want you to purchase the, the, the new one, but if you need a first edition 
the Black Families Guide to College Admission that was just written in September, or excuse me, released in September 2022. Uh, we're happy to send that to you free of charge. All right. <clears throat> hey, All right. George, th thank you, everybody. You know, this is the last podcast of the year. Happy holiday season. We wish all you and yours, however your family set up, all the best. Um, Shereen, we're out. We're out. Have a good one, everybody. Happy holidays.